ladies and gentlemen, this is Bright Crack, your weekly wedding podcast for great company, banter, and good times. Now let's crack on. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of Bride Crack. Now, with me today, I have got Chris Chapman and uh, Martina, who have joined me, uh, especially because they emailed me both at the same time and said, hey, can we get something out there for brides um, to help them during this difficult time? And personally, I mean, I don't really want to underplay the severity of what's going on in the world right now. I think it's it's affecting a lot of people in, in a very, very serious way. But at the same time, I honestly do believe um, in the bottom of my heart that things will return to normal and people as much as possible need to stay future focused, which is is um, what you guys are doing, which is absolutely fantastic. So obviously we're getting together today to discuss um, coronavirus and the impact that it's having on weddings and what people can do um, and I think people need as much support and, and, and future-focused thinking as we can possibly deliver. So um, before we get stuck into that, just so everybody knows who everybody is, do you guys just want to introduce yourself really quickly to everybody who's listening so that we're up to speed on who's who? And uh, I don't know, I guess, Chris, do you want to start? Because you're on my left. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Yeah. So I'm Chris Chapman. I am a Harrogate-based hair and makeup artist. Um, but I work pretty much globally, not anymore, obviously. Um, well, not just at the moment, but it'll get back to that. Um, so, yeah, so I do hair and makeup. I didn't do it today. It was a conscious decision. <laughs> I didn't um, do mine either. I didn't do mine. I know. I know. Well, so um, I'll be really honest. I'm four days into the homeschooling process. We've self, self-isolated in our house from the very get-go. Um because we're a vulnerable population. So that's what we're doing. Um, so yeah, so I've got a little bit under my belt with that one as well. Um, but frankly, my kids don't care if my makeup's on or not. So the person who cares about it is me. Um, and as long as I feel happy with this, then I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, so that's it, that's my long and short. Perfect, lovely, thank you. And Martina, you just wanna say a few words about who you are and what you do, just so everyone's up to speed. So hi, I'm uh, Martina. I run a wonderful events by Martina Paul. I am based in the UK. Uh, so I'm also, we are second day, third day into the self-isolation, um, doing well, so far so good. Uh, and um, I thought we should just yeah, talk about what's been happening because there isn't much information for the weddings really. Um, I think there's information about everything else but, but the wedding industry. Yeah. I've seen, I mean... I've kind of I've got a little bit of a self-imposed social media ban going on myself, but yeah. I have seen some posts from people, and the 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 range of what wedding suppliers are doing yeah, is yeah. huge, and everybody yeah. seems to have a slightly different take. And I think, like you just said, yeah. Martina, brides are almost just sort of ringing, having to call every single individual supplier and say, "What's happening? What's the situation? Yeah. What's yeah. going on?" So, I think the thing, the the broad issue here is. What is going to happen to couples and for couples whose weddings are basically taking place in the next 12 weeks? So that's, you know, the next three months. Um, what, from your guys' perspective, what, where do we start? What's the impact? What happens? 
I think at the moment we are getting a new information every day and things are changing very quickly and every day. So uh, since last night, actually, so the wedding ceremonies in church, no more than five people, uh, which means it's the bride and groom, two witnesses and the priest. Uh, so I think that's that's quite a clear message, um, at least from Church of England saying, look, the wedding ceremonies are going to be really small. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have recommended to my couples before that, I said, look, keep your ceremony really small um, and then postpone the bigger receptions mm-hmm. and let's have the ceremony perhaps again with the celebrant and have fun with it. Or you can even ask your registrar or your church to do a blessing in six months' time. Uh, so everything, I would say, if anybody's getting married in the next 12 weeks, I would say start start to contact your suppliers and, um, you know, start moving your wedding really and get your head around it uh, before you put the action into it. But I think it's time. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I was going to just say, I think it's really important what you just said, that we're sort of separating out the concept of the actual wedding ceremony versus the reception, the celebration around it, because lots of your suppliers who you've got your heart set on and and your guests that you that the day wouldn't be the day without them. It's not that you won't be able to have them necessarily, but it's just in a different way than what you were expecting. And I think, you know, just as humans, that's such a it's a big thing, isn't it, when your expectations aren't being met and obviously with weddings we've got such big expectations of what it's all going to look like and we you know as suppliers we too are having to to change what our expectations are of our job roles and you know I think for people like me who are we're there on the day with you and we do spend time with you and it's so hard because we want to be there for you in that in that kind of a capacity as well so I think at the end of the day we all have to put that humanness first and, and see our brides and our grooms and the teams that we work with day in, day out and, and really try and support each other um, in the same way that we're trying to do for all the initiatives that the government's putting in that we're, you know, we're self-isolating for a reason. We're changing dates for a reason and we're, we're looking towards the future and, and, and hopefully being able to put that joy first because if we can, then we still get to create that joyful moment for our couples. Yeah, so I think that what I'm, what I'm kind of hearing between, if, if I smush the two, the two what you've just said together, what I'm hearing is, don't panic, it's not over, it's just a question of now you've got to, I don't, it's almost like a, a reimagining of weddings, we're, we're taking what was the whole day and we're just breaking it apart into two nice little pieces and going, this is the bit that you've got to do legally and this is, the, this is what you can do now, you can still go ahead and get married, but think, but, but, Think, shift your focus to the future and think you can still have that party, get the family together again in the future, that can all go ahead. Um, so everything's cool. It's just a question of just rearranging the thought process in, in, into how we approach it. Yeah, I think once you had your, it's, it's that first shock, isn't it? Oh my God, I have to actually. Uh, overwhelming, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's, it's that first time shock, have a little cry, I'm sure everybody has. Um, and just once you get over it, start talking to suppliers and start sort of, I think, first with the venue and also, if you can, email everybody. Don't, you know, don't go calling and then be more upset that nobody's answering the phone because everybody's getting quite overwhelmed with, mm-hmm. with the phone call. So I think easier just to email everybody, see what the options are, so see what the dates are. 
uh, and just sort of regroup, um, if that makes sense, and see if you can still do it this year or if you want to do it next year. Um, and just, yeah, step one step at a time. Yes. There's no rush. But that first first sort of shock is it's actually not going to happen in the next 12, 12 weeks. Yeah, unfortunately. And I think... If, if we want to be brutally honest, it might be a bit longer as well. It's not forced to just be the 12. It, the, the implications yeah. of this could be a long time. But yeah. like you say, it's still okay. I mean, I, I don't know. From, from my perspective, I could get quite excited, actually, about going back into planning mode and going, hey, I've just gained another six months or 12 months or whatever it is to, to just yeah. redirect my energy back into planning again. And I guess it can actually take the stress off for people in some instances. So it, it's all a question of, of point of view. Um, so regards wedding insurance then, I mean, what do you guys, what are your thoughts and feelings around this subject? Yeah. Um, oh, well, I think, I, I think like quite a lot of the, the elements of this, you know, rearrangement, postponement, I think it's, it's case by case basis, isn't it? And I think, oh, I, I, first step is always just to get in touch. I think like we were saying with emailing versus calling or, you know, it's just communication at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think as well, this is not necessarily insurance, but just for everyone to be aware, like as suppliers, we're all kind of doing the same things, but with different elements, you know, we're all kind of going, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I suppose wedding insurance is as good a place to start as any, because then you can start sort of putting together an action plan if you need to, right. um, in terms of which other suppliers you need to get in touch with. Um, I think I think certainly at the moment, there's a lot going on with venues and insurance and just unpicking how everything works together. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think... And I think that I am incredibly sympathetic to all of our couples who are going through the sort of getting in touch with insurance because it's it's an area that, you know, with insurance, you're always hoping and planning for the best, but, you know, you put it in place just in case. It's a safety net. Well, yeah. Just in case moment mm. our way. So. Yeah, so with the wedding insurance, unfortunately, so who didn't get it at the beginning, um, you can't get it anymore. So yeah. it's on a stop sale in a sense. However, I would always say don't panic because we are just postponing things. We are not cancelling. We're just moving along. Um, so no money should be lost, really. Um, are we just changing the dates? I mean, if it wasn't for this virus, weddings are getting postponed all the time for various reasons. I mean, the brides fall pregnant, somebody gets ill, you know, all sorts of things happen in everyday life anyway. So. For the suppliers, it's not, it's, we're just doing it in a bigger volume, really. Uh, but it does happen. It's life, isn't it? We, we do have to postpone sometimes. Um, and sometimes, unfortunately, the weddings get cancelled and it does happen. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the insurance at the moment, we are just moving along. We are not cancelling anything unless we absolutely have to. I think there's a little bit of fear out there um, about the wording and the terminology, isn't there? Yes. Because obviously when it comes to insurance, there is always a get out for the insurance company when it comes to wording and things. And I think a lot of words have been batted around, which in some cases can nullify insurance. But I think like Martina said, it's probably best just to stay calm and approach that calmly and see what they say. And then you can always just have that, like Chris said, go back to the human thing and have that conversation with your suppliers and they will understand 
I mean, they're, they're in this business because they understand and they care. Yeah. You know, that's that's ultimately what it's all about. So I think it comes down to, uh, you know, a very individual kind of working things out with your suppliers and keeping everything on a level. Yeah. I think it's very important as well for suppliers because, you know, more helpful they are now. Obviously, the brides will then spread the good word. Absolutely. So I have read, I have read some awful stories um, where, you know, the venues are trying to get new payments and new deposits and all sorts. Um, however, this is very, very tricky because all these brides are talking. And if I know about it, then everybody else does. And it, it can be quite harmful for their future. So really, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. Um, and uh, I am moving my brides completely free of charge. It, would, it didn't even cross my mind, you know. Uh, I just said, look, what are the dates? Um, and of course, I'll be there. And if, well, I'm isolated now, but I said, if I can come to the small ceremony, I will. Uh, but that's off the table now. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. So yeah, let's just talk to your suppliers. And I guess, like you've just yeah. kind of pointed out, now really is the time for suppliers to shine, isn't it? If the, yeah, the, more, the more helpful everybody is, the better it's going to be at the end. It's going to really, really show how much people care. It's an opportunity. To uh, to really put you know others first, I think that's a very good it's a very good valid point. Yeah, we just look at each other, really, don't we? That's what yeah. we need to be doing, yeah. Yeah. So, um, in terms of kind of Plan Bs, then um, dig into this a little bit. What what can brides and grooms do in terms of Plan B? Where would they start? What would they start to look at after they've contacted suppliers? You know, what are the options? What's going on? Okay. okay. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll no. jump in. I'll jump in. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, I mean, I think when I talk to brides and grooms, when we're in normal circumstances, one of the things that that we talk about quite a lot on wedding espresso is that you know it's really important to prioritize um, because then you know. Again, you're. I, I love an action plan. Can you tell? <laughs> I like where you know where you want to put your effort and and your hard-earned dollars and all the rest of it. And I think now more than ever, you do really have to be honest with yourself and say, is this the most important bit or is something else your most important bits? Then figure out which are your non-negotiables um, and why. And have those really honest conversations, not just with yourself, but with fiance and with suppliers and all of those things. Because I think when you know what's important, it's easier to tell yourself actually those other things that are niggles, maybe they're not important mm. and maybe park those. And I think when it is tumultuous times around us, it can be so easy to get sucked into things that actually one, we have no control over and two are literally not going to matter tomorrow. And I think, you know, as we've been watching this situation unfold and it changes so radically every single day, it's such a good learning opportunity to say, actually, if I can park that for 24 hours and let my brain do other things, then what I need to do will become clearer. Um, so yeah, I think prioritizing and, and deciding what the most important things is for me, that's always, you know, whether it's a wedding or whether it's my business or whether it's my family, those are the bits that I think really help me to stay clear when things are quite crazy around us. So I would say prioritizing is a biggie and writing it down, I love having a written down plan. <laughs> then other people can see what you're thinking and that helps to dis helps the discussion, well, doesn't it? You can see it. Then it's not just an in-your-head yeah. exercise because things get a bit muddled inside this head of mine. I don't know how it, how you both feel about that, but 
when I've got something clear and written down, it makes it much easier for me to refocus. So if the noise gets to be too much, I can go right back to that plan and say, actually, these were the things that I said in the beginning, and I'm going to stick to it. From, um, from my wedding experience, the thing that, um, like you said, the prioritize, one of the things that would really keep bubbling to the surface would be family members who are critically ill. Um, and, you know, then that is the time to start thinking about what can we still do yeah. now? And like Martina said, we go for a small wedding because there would be nothing worse than regretting or living with regret of not doing something and, and mm. having something done, because then that puts a big tick in that box for you. And, and you know, you're not living with those regrets. So just something that popped into my head there. Mm. Any thoughts on plan B's, Martina? Yeah, I think your family will be a big decisive, isn't it? It's, mm. it's um, your uncle and aunties over 70. So obviously that that would obviously change change your group or size of your wedding. Then you might have your friends who are pregnant, so they already cannot come. So I think it it really cuts down the group. How many people mm. can actually come physically, don't they? They and on on the other hand, I think if you can have your second ceremony with the celebrant, just go and have a fun with it, isn't it? Just go and um, make it really light, maybe fun. Maybe you can walk, well, you'll be walking down the aisle twice. You can do it once in church, once yes. outside in England. You can say, you know, in England walking outside in the gardens. We can't do that every time. So you can just play around with it and play, plan a whole new ceremony for that matter. Um, yeah, so it could be, I'm quite excited actually about it. <laughs> I, I even think um, for the for the elderly people who are self-isolating, for anybody who's self-isolating actually, there's always the option of streaming. Yes. It's yeah. not perfect. Absolutely. It's not perfect, but it is something. Yeah. Um, and it's also possible. I think we have the technology and the infrastructure. We can stream the wedding and then there can be a Skype like we're doing now. There can be a group get together after the wedding. You know, to talk to your loved ones who maybe can't make it. There's still options. It's not. It's not a no, a nothing goes situation. There, there are still options. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you would stream your ceremonies with the long haul weddings, isn't it? When a couple's eloped and they stream it back, so mm -hmm. it's already done thing. Yeah, so absolutely. Just, yeah. Good. Well, I don't know if anyone else saw on the news this morning, but I think. Um, one of the, do we call them vicars still? I have no idea. Can tell how much I go to church, hey? Um, but they were saying that actually there's been a great uptake in people joining in in morning and afternoon, just normal church services that they're sharing online um, and quite a lot bigger than they would normally have in the physical building. Mm. Um, and she was kind of explaining that obviously the technology is now there. So why not? See if your church, if you are having a church ceremony or a small ceremony within the next few weeks, why not see if that technology is there to live stream while you're doing it? And then everyone is together. And I think, you know, platforms like what we're on now, you know, we're kind of paving the way for it, aren't we? Like, why, why can't we look into new versions of weddings that we've never really been able to explore before? It's a good opportunity. If the, if the technology and the infrastructure isn't in place, because I, I know that anybody getting married in my home village church, 
might be lucky to get a mobile signal there. So it's it's quite yeah, it's quite off the grid. But that again, I mean, I just want to stress how how easy it is to come up with an alternative option. Someone, even in that group of five people, is going to have an iPhone, or they're going to have a swanky Android or something. And you can buy a tri- you can buy a tripod. Amazon is still delivering parcels. We're still getting them. So you can buy yourself a little tripod for ten or fifteen pounds. Put your iPhone or your phone on there, and you can record the whole thing yourself. It, again, it's not amazing, but it is an option. You know, it's something that you can do. And then you've got that option of sharing that event with your with your loved ones again. You know, you're back in the green. Yeah, it all works. It, it all can works. Be- Cool, cool. So, um, what are your thoughts on postponing weddings and sort of looking to the future? Because obviously, from from my point of view, I was thinking about this in great detail. And you've got the situation where loads and loads and loads of brides are suddenly trying to book into the future or move their dates into the future at some point. How's capacity going to cope? How's it going to How's it going to work? I think it will work just fine. I mean, you know, everybody has to be a little bit flexible. You can get married from Monday to Saturday these days, really. So uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily Saturday or Sunday. And uh, I mean, if if you're quite happy to look at Thursdays, um, Wednesdays. Right. So we're probably probably going to see midweek becoming much more popular then. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's... There's so many, so many days, isn't it? You don't have to have a Saturday necessarily. And I think everybody in the family again and in your in your party will be understanding that you had to move your wedding date. Um, and they will come. Everybody will make time. It's uh, yeah. I think but, uh, you're right, Martina, and that kind of echoes what Chris said earlier. And that's that it's prioritizing your thought process. And I guess there are a lot of people out there that are going. I wanted a Saturday wedding. But in reality, how important is that really in the grand scheme of things? We've got to move it to a Wednesday, you know. It's not it's not that big a deal. It's it's something that can be managed. Yeah, it's a long weekend, isn't it? You have your wedding on Wednesday or Thursday and then you you off for another three days. <laughs> it's just just look at it the other way, isn't it? The other way around. It's a, it's a long weekend wedding. Yeah. So we just lost you for a second there, Chris, but you're back. Right. <laughs> um, we were just discussing what would happen to capacity um, in the future, because obviously people moving their venue, their dates now and pushing them into the future and how the venues are going to cope. Have you got any thoughts on, on that kind of scenario? Oh, I'll tell you what, um, I don't envy the people running venues right now. I think that's got to be one of the hardest jobs in the industry, um, which is not to say any of us have it easy, but I, I take my hat off to them, um, particularly the ones who are keeping it cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I th- I think we we may start seeing people rethinking the size of their their parties anyway for the next few years. I think you know if if we've if we're seeing nothing apart from it, smaller is better. <laughs> I think things are looking a little bit more intimate, and I don't necessarily mean all smaller weddings are better than bigger weddings. That's not my not my point at all. It's just we're all sort of in our our family clusters just at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I think that may become a trend where we just have slightly more intimate affairs for a little while while we're getting used to this new normal. So speaking of of family clusters then, I guess there are very few people on this planet now that don't have family that live abroad. 
I mean, we are so spread out. I, I myself have got brothers all over the all over the world, and um, you know, I see them occasionally. But obviously, I think going forward, we are going to be looking at some quite serious sort of travel issues, lockdown, countries. Uh, I think Australia have just closed their borders. That's the email I had from my brother this morning. Yeah. Um, so, what are your thoughts on on moving forward with? I know you've already said that we've we've obviously got to. Um, consider smaller weddings but have you got any further thoughts on on how families are going to cope because that is obviously a, a pressure and an issue for people i think um well i live in the uk my sister lives in paris and uh we do have a family literally around the world as well um and we just you know we just talk every day really um and we always have so it feels i don't know for, for me it's quite normal mm -hmm. all right because we live that way anyway, but I think FaceTiming is, is, is a big, maybe for, for all the people, just to get them do it. Um, you know, people who are not used to it as we are. Mm. I think it would have to be something that they have to, um, you know, practice and be shown how to use the phones and <laughs> how to use Skype and everything. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just modern way of life, really. Isn't it? I think I don't. I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to put any predictions out there. But I can see wedding videos having a boom. I think. I think yeah. we're about to see yeah. a huge surge. And you know, why am I still not doing wedding films? Anyway, but we're going to see an explosion um, of people wanting to record their memories to share with with loved ones abroad. And because obviously, you know, people are are not going to be able to make it. That's that's a reality. That's uh, that's incoming. Yeah. Any experience of this, Chris, or any thoughts surrounding that issue? Um, well, I mean, slightly off topic, but I think um, just just sort of a, assembling your, your bride squad, as it were, I think, at least in, in my experience, that we had the knock-on effect very, very early on. I, I know when, as soon as the cases in Italy started coming through, um, I had a bridesmaid who couldn't make it because she's living out there. So I think, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that, that may have a, a bit of an impact where brides are choosing people who are a little bit closer to them to be able to support them right the way through the planning process and physically being able to be there um, or finding other ways of including those that they love so dearly um, that are far away. I mean, I think you, you've picked a very international crew today for this, for this. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I know it's like you did it on purpose. I mean, obviously you can tell I'm American. So all of my family's out there. So finding ways to stay connected with them is really important. But also with the kids, I mean, they're they're off school, so they're staying connected via all the video stuff and all the online stuff. Um, so I think a little bit it is going to become the new normal for us to be connected in this way. And I think it, it's allowed us to have a global community, being able to to FaceTime, to video chat, to mm. you know, we're all sort of accessible to each other twenty four seven. But I think you're absolutely right; it's that shareability factor that people are going to be looking at in more global terms. So yeah, absolutely videos and, and maybe even things like favors that are able to be shared. But yeah. I really want to just call out one thing that you said there, because I think it was super important and that was involve distant family members in other yeah. ways. Of course, you know, there's, there's no reason why they can't record a message for the bride and groom played at the play in the speeches. There's no reason why they couldn't, even record a reading. You know, these things are all viable options, aren't they? Um, any Anything is possible in this digital age. So many options. Absolutely. 
even things, I mean, not to plug my own industry, but also we do video tutorials with people, you know, so if you did a, a call like this where you've got multiple faces looking together, we can do a little makeup tutorial and then you can all go and do your makeup without me even physically being there, but you've had the benefit of. So things like that, where you're just thinking slightly outside the box and still able to be together, but not together. Hmm. Nice. I think at the moment everything has moved online, hasn't it? We just have to FaceTime. Um, <laughs> just, uh, the new bookings as well, you know, there's new brides and grooms still coming in mm -hmm. 2021, 2022, and um, those consultations have to be done over Skype mm -hmm. and FaceTime, yeah. uh, which is perfectly fine because some of the brides and grooms, they travel from abroad to the UK or, you know, they are traveling to the States from wherever they live. Maybe they are coming back home. Maybe they just, yeah, live abroad and work abroad, coming back home. So those consultations happen again over Skype anyway. But at the moment, we can do them for everybody. Um, so those new bookings, you know, it's, it's good to see that people are not actually completely scared and freaked out and they are booking weddings for next year as well. So new customers, well, they're not coming in masses, but they are still coming in. They are still coming in, which is really good news. Yeah, I guess sort of riffing on that then, um, what what's going on if you were planning your wedding abroad? Because that obviously is a serious issue. Um, what can people do? What can people be thinking about? Um, I well, the extra problem with the abroad is the travel, really. So the wedding suppliers, we are as we are such a global community, again, so your wedding can be postponed, not a problem at all. Uh, talk to your suppliers as you would with your with your local suppliers. So all of that can be moved and uh, just postponed. The travel comes into it and uh, I just, I always say, if you are booking any travel, please book it as a package if you can, because then you have extra protection. Um, and then you are at the moment, everybody's getting refunded fully. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, um, it's not an issue at all. And you get everything back, your flights, your accommodation. Once you start booking your low cost flights and you start breaking everything down, then you sort of have to try to get your money back from your credit card mm. or you have to go to your insurance and then when it gets a bit more difficult i would say um but at the moment i mean as, as long as we have a ban on every country everything's getting fully refunded um and you are getting the credits back and everything's getting postponed so you just move in one other supplier really to the future date um, and then, unfortunately, your guests have to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. It can be done. Nothing to freak about. Yep. <laughs> it's all possible. I think Italy will be very busy next year. Yeah. Good. And I guess in the meantime, I mean, we can come back to what, what we started with, really. And, and there, is, there is still the option to have a small wedding here um, and then postpone the party. If it, if it is your dream to actually get married abroad, obviously, there's a larger discussion there. Um, but I guess the options are still open. Yeah. I would just say every supplier everywhere around the world is on the same boat, mm. literally. And uh, everybody's quite keen to postpone the weddings and have them just later on when it's safe and when everybody can actually come and mm. visit. 
Cool. So, I mean, obviously, the the, the spin-off of of that discussion is honeymoons, and yeah. I love it because a piece of advice that we were given when we were getting married was, don't rush off and have your honeymoon. If you just delay it by any amount of time, a year or something, you've got something in the pipeline to look forward to, and it's the, the sort of the best weapon against wedding blues, post wedding blues. Um, so, I guess postponing honeymoons not that big a deal. No, if they are, well, if they are not in the next sort of, well, 30 days, we can't travel from the UK, but I would say 12 weeks. Um, if there are anything after that, I would say don't go cancelling them. Um, and I think maybe hold your nerve. You don't have to postpone them either. Because again, if it comes, I think it's two weeks before your flying time and you cannot go, you will get all your money back or you can postpone. So I think it's just about hold your nerve. Right, yeah, stay uh, the course. Wait, yeah, wait for the dates to come closer. I think if you start calling your travel agents at the moment, you know, you will be waiting online, for, you will be waiting for at least an hour, uh, maybe even longer. And obviously everybody's dealing with sort of the immediate departures and immediate mm. wedding. So if your honeymoon is in sort of three, four, five, six months, just you know just wait and see what happens really and don't worry if the worst happens you will get your money back or you can reschedule yeah but definitely keep it don't cancel it (laughs) (laughs) any thoughts on honeymoons chris oh i i think it's um it's very much like the rest of the advice is it the worst thing any of us are hearing right now is wait and see but it's probably the best advice we can give each other which is you know to say every single day we're getting new updates. And actually that can really play on the mind, can't it? it can. So absolutely, yeah. A little bit if you can just park certain issues for a little while. If you know, if you as in if you've already booked, then by all means give yourself permission to park it for a little bit and free up that that mental wellness space with mm. other things. Um, I think that's really important for brides and for people in general, but certainly for brides where this is a stressful time for you and, and do give yourself permission to, to feel that this is hard (laughs) Um, and that you do probably have a community around you to support you through it, but it is okay to, to park certain elements of, of the big day and of the the buildup, including the honeymoon Um, and that it's still going to be there to look forward to. It's just going to look a little different and possibly different timings. Um, yeah. Is that any kind of help? It really, it really, it really is. I mean, my, my experience my experience of my own honeymoon was it was miles off in the future. I mean, we had a little mini moon after the wedding. We just went and did a few things like horse riding, you know, kind of bucket list stuff. Yeah. But the, 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 the main honeymoon was a year after the fact. And it, yeah. it, really, it really helped to have that in the pipeline. And I guess, like yeah. Martina said, don't panic. Just keep it. Just keep it where it is, and see what oh, happens. Yeah. Because the worst case scenario is you move it, and then, yeah, yeah. like Chris said, it's about prioritizations, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, we're going on an amazing holiday, but it's going to take another <laughs> two months. You know, it's it, it, it's not it's Seriously. not perspective. That, that, that bigger thing when you actually crack it down. Yeah, and um, just one mini moon. I'm sure there are lots and lots and lots of UK based hotels that would love you forever to book a mini break um you know in the near ish future so once yeah you can calm down a little bit if you if you can and you're thinking about it i would definitely have a look at some of the amazing hotels the uk has to offer 
and plan to treat yourself when things have calmed down a little bit. Cause it's always nice to have something in the diary to look forward to and, you know, give yourselves a little pat on the back that you've made it through something that has been really stressful. Um, and time to just be a couple instead of just being in self-isolation. Cause those are very different things I've decided. <laughs> yeah, you're, not, you're not wrong. Yeah, very true. <laughs> I've had the husband at home for days and I'm kind of like, yeah, this is not the same. <laughs> Cool. So I think um, another big topic is items that have been manufactured in China. Um, obviously, with the internet being what it is today, there are a lot of purchases online. Um, should people be concerned? I think for the near future, uh, for the next three months, I think they should worry a little bit, um, especially if it's your decor. Um, or then depending where you bought your wedding dress. Uh, so if your wedding dress is from your local boutique, they will tell you what's actually happening and where you are with it. But if you went and bought a dress online and it's meant to come from China, um, then I would start looking maybe at the local boutique uh, and have a plan B uh, for another dress. Good news is there's lots of sales now on. And you can get a really beautiful dress and decor and everything um, locally uh, for a really good price. Yeah. I must admit, I had a mini meltdown a couple of weeks ago because my grandpa wanted me to order him a pair of pajamas from Amazon and they were Chinese. And I thought, is this dangerous? Is this a risk? Yeah. But obviously, you know, he's actually fine. He's, he's obviously in isolation now, but he is fine uh, with his Chinese pajamas. So all's good. <laughs> Any experience, Chris, or, or thoughts on this? Well, completely, your brides probably won't be interested in this, but I had a real struggle trying to get hold of things like disposable mascara ones. Mm. Um, all of my sort of consumables were, were definitely back ordered for a little while, but um, they're back in the kit now, which is great. Nice. <laughs> um, but things that you just don't think about that you do completely take for granted. And then the big stuff like wedding dresses and like we were talking about earlier. So yeah, again, again, back to the get in touch with your supplier. If there's a piece of the, the wedding that's a non-negotiable, like a dress, get in touch with the person who's providing that and that you've been working with um, because they're going to be able to give you the most honest insight as to what's happening, really. I think this is the danger of all the social media out there is you'll hear one bride's story and assume that it's going to be your story, and it may not necessarily be the case. So rather than getting into a frenzy because we've seen all sorts of things, just go straight to the source because I think that's always going to be a better choice. And what do you think people's options are if the government impose some stricter rules on venues, gatherings? What if that becomes more extreme? What do you think people should be doing at, at that point? It's obviously quite future focused, but um, yeah. and it's not happened. But but what if? It is future focused for the UK. I mean, in other European countries, I think it has it has happened already. So people actually, they have that clear guidance and clear message. You cannot actually have your wedding in the next three months. It's actually not happening. Um, and I think when that message is this clear, then it, I think, makes things easier because yeah. you have to postpone. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you just don't have a choice. So I think, again, postponing the wedding um, and in that case, you are fully covered by the insurance because the event just cannot go ahead. Um, but yeah, so it, it almost makes it easier. 
I, I agree. I mean, um, yeah. paralysis by analysis, you know, if you're looking yeah. at too many options of what you can and can't do, it can be very stressful. And I think yeah. if the options are taken away from you, then it just becomes what we're going to do, what we're gonna do. Uh, which yeah. is nice and clear. Absolutely. Cool. So um, another thing that might be worrying people is uh, obviously the fear of mingling socially, socially uh, and being close to people, even sort of family members or events staff. Or do you think those fears are, are, are sort of grounded? And what could people do to um, to sort of safeguard themselves? You're talking about in the immediate, as in right now. In the right now. Mm. In the right now. I mean, obviously, I, think, I mean, you can have a small ce uh, ceremony, but you need to celebrate yeah. that. Yes. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the default position has got to be what the government recommendations are, which is social distancing and and putting the safety hat on first um, in terms of, you know, we, we've all been hearing the hand washing, hand sanitizing advice and then distances. I think those are all really, really important. And I think taking certain precautions. No. Um, when you're outside of that ceremony setting, that's equally as important. I think, you know, we, we want to stay as positive as we possibly can, but realistically, I think it is important to follow those as much as we can and keeping those ceremonies to, as intimate as they, they currently are recommended mm. to be is, is the right thing to be doing right now. But, you know, I think that's all we can take it as, is, is the in the right now. We've just got to get back to that, perspective of one moment at a time and in this moment that's the right recommendation it's really difficult i think because you still have the option to actually go ahead with the wedding yes um, in the uk you do um, and that really makes it difficult i think you just need to talk to everybody individually almost all all your suppliers see where they stand um, ask your venue how they're gonna actually protect their stuff uh, mm. and how they're gonna protect you but also all the family members that are, because, I mean, we still can have receptions of 100, 200 odd people, uh, which is still going ahead this weekend. It's it's still happening, which mm. is yeah. blowing to me. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so you just have to talk to all your guests and make sure that they are actually happy, um, happy to sort of attend and um, take all those precautions and make sure they are protecting themselves and they are protecting the others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on, on a final note then, because I think this is um, this is a point that seems to come up on bridal forums and discussion groups all the time, and it's the friction between family members, which is already, as we all know, is, is already there um, and manageable. But what happens when people sort of say, I'm not coming to your wedding because I'm afraid of X, Y, Z, or maybe key party members say, you know, what what do you think brides and grooms should be saying, thinking, doing in these kinds of circumstances? I think they just have to make, just let everybody make up their mind, really. Um, what happens with the, well, if you do have a wedding insurance, um, it sort of states your, if your key members uh, cannot come, you are covered for it. Um, so there's there's a bit of good news there, but I think everything, everybody just have to put their health first at this time. So there's no arguing about it. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely agree with that that sentiment that surely we've got to be thinking, you know, health first, everything else second. And I think that's where that prioritization comes into play, where, you know, what's what's really important about this amazing, very important day. 
but what's the most important thing. And I think that's keeping each other well as much as we can do. Mm. Um, and yes, you're saying in sickness and health, but can we just do health first? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's get that, tick that box first yeah. and make sure everything else follows. <laughs> I guess, like you said, Chris, it, it's a prioritization process and I think it will be different for everybody. And if, if yeah. someone rings up and says, listen, I'm not coming to your wedding because I'm, I'm afraid and I'm staying at home and I'm, I'm just, I'm not coming. I'm sorry. Yeah. I guess you have to then go into prioritization mode and say, right, yeah. uh, is that person being there a priority to us? Or is the wedding a higher priority than that person being there? And also, how do I prioritize that person's feelings? You know, yes. can I prioritize that person's fear and say, okay, that person doesn't want to come for, for any number of reasons. I respect that. You yeah. know, and, and I can, I can say that that's okay. And I can carry on with my own plans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think as well, not, I don't want to say not judging because we have to, <laughs> you know, we're, you know, we're in that kind of a position of, of disappointment. I think we instantly have a, <sighs> a judge that a judgment that comes to us, but appreciating that everyone is coming at, at the issues that we're facing from completely different perspectives. Um, sorry, got a little back in the noise. Um, and that everybody's viewpoint is valid. So if someone does have fear, that is enough of a reason to say, actually, if, if fear is stopping you coming, don't let that be an issue between us because mm, our relationship yeah, absolutely. is too important. Um, and I think people are, you know, they're nervous. So appreciating that someone has that feeling is actually probably more important in the long run. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that guys, this has just been absolutely incredible. I, I have heard such positivity from you. I'm absolutely blown away. And, you know, even, even I feel better just for talking about it with you. So thank you so much for uh, for joining me and, and sharing everything that you know and understand and your feelings. And I'm sure that people are going to really, really appreciate um, that level of support and that level of confidence from you. So thank you so much, both of you. Oh, thank you very much. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. And um, yeah, no doubt we'll bump into you in the very near future. And we'll... Uh, okay. All right, stay safe. Bye. All right, thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Bye.